Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. Today's guest is Mike Rothschild. Mike is a writer who is an expert on a variety of conspiracy theories. In particular, he's well known for investigating the QAnon conspiracy theory. Mike is also famous for being the first person on Tales from the Rabbit Hole to uh, be interviewed more than once. He's my very first repeat guest. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole, and thank you very ah, much for thanks. being here. Thanks for having me back. Do I get a, a mug or a shirt or something for my I think, accomplishment? <laughs> I think you should. It's certainly uh, it's a, it's a milestone for my, my podcast to have the same Thank guest you. on twice. And uh, it was about four months ago, I think, that we um, we last spoke, which was you know quite a long time. This podcast four is being four years. Kind of seems like the same thing right now. <laughs> a loss has happened, and of course, we were talking about QAnon, and yeah. I asked you about you know what's yeah has has the have things changed with QAnon? You said quite a lot has changed. What are the big yeah. things that have changed in the last, you know, four months? Um, quite, yeah, a lot of a lot of things have happened. Um, Q went pretty dark for a while. Um, over this early summer, he stopped posting for about a month. And I started to talk to some Q people and ask them, you know, are you still going to believe in this if Q never posts again? And of course, they all said yes. Of course, we you know we have everything we need. We'll you know, we'll keep doing our research and making our memes. And, and as soon as I published a story about it, you started posting again. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then posted a whole lot over the next couple of weeks, uh, going up until about the very beginning of, of this month of August and then uh, stopped posting again. And it was about a week or two later that 8chan um, got deplatformed. Right. So, so now 8chan does not exist anymore, and there have been no new Q posts since that. So 8chan was really the, the way that was, you could tell it was Q because he had this unique identifier when he posted on, on 8chan. Right, yeah. Q kind of painted himself into a corner by uh, having that unique identity, but also by saying that the only place he would ever post would be 8chan. Mm-hmm. So um, th- there's not really a way to kind of keep the mythology consistent without having a chan around. Although I'm actually really surprised that the big QAnon Twitter accounts have not all kind of colluded to start a new Q account and then all immediately agree, oh, this is the real Q. I've got inside yeah. information. This is, I think if that happened, Q could just go on wherever, on 4chan, on Twitter, on, on Gab, on whatever. But... They haven't done that so far. Um, it seems really obvious, so maybe that's why they haven't done it. Oh, I assume there's a bunch of people pretending to be Q out there. You, you've had some fake Qs uh, for a while. There was a an R for a while, and there oh. was uh, there was there have been other you know fake pretend Q posts on Achan. Um, they're all kind of obvious. They don't really seem like Q. And actually, some of the Q posts for a while really didn't seem like it was the same person. And then they kind of got their voice back. So I don't know if whoever it was handed the account off and then took it back or just got better at it. But huh. yes, so right now there hasn't been a new Q post in about a month. Do you know what the, the last Q post was? Was it portentous or uh, very... It, no, it, had, it really was just the same crap as all of the other ones. It was something about uh, the big D-class, you know, the declassification event would happen after Dan Coates, who was the director of national intelligence, left. And of course, you know, that didn't happen. Hmm. So. so, 
you know, when we when we uh, spoke last, the Mueller report had just come out. Uh, it'd been out a right. couple of weeks, I think, and obviously there was lots of uh, mulling around that, lots of talk around yeah. that. Uh, how did that kind of play out over the the next four months? How did they rationalise what actually happened, which you know nothing really happened with the Mueller report uh, right. compared to the predictions that you had made before that? Well, it's interesting because Mueller is, is this really strange figure in, in Q land. He was a good guy, and he was a bad guy, and he was a good guy. And I think the way it all kind of got written off is the same way that everything gets written off. Is that it was fake. It was all part of the game. It was all it's all designed to distract hmm. the deep state and make them use up their ammo. You know, all this sort of special pleading that you get into when when these things happen and. and most of the population goes, oh, there's a lot going on here, and maybe we need some impeachment hearings to really get to the bottom of this and really force these people to testify. And, of course, all the conspiracy theorists go, no, it's all part of the game. It's all fake. You know, the dossier was fake. The hearings are fake. All the, the report's fake. Mueller's crooked. And, I mean, it's all just seeing something and then looking at it the exact opposite way to make it fit your mythology. I suppose if, you, uh, if, you're, if you're saying everything is fake... Do they have any criteria for knowing what is real? Like, how can they what tell what Q says is real yeah. and everything else is fake? But then Q right. says something and it turns out to be to not come to pass. He predicts something and it doesn't happen. Right. Then and it's like a, a, a different interpretation of what Q says. Right. And Q would often say disinformation is necessary. So it, it's basically we only listen to Q, but then Q will lie to us sometimes. <laughs> and it's really, it's sort of abusive in a way. It's it's got sort of the hallmarks of, of an abusive relationship. You know, my partner is the only one who tells the truth, but then he's going to lie to me for my own good. I mean, that, there's there's a real sort of damaged psychology there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a cult leader, totally. Uh, where totally. the cult the cult leader is is an absence. Normally, the cult is leader is very present in a cult. Is uh, in there with uh, with his his acolytes. Right. Uh, and but but here they give him the same deference, even though yeah. he's not actually there, and they don't even know who he is or anything at all about him. They don't know anything about him, and none of that deference is earned because he's never really been right about anything. Yeah, you know, you twist a couple of things to kind of maybe fit that, but that all falls back into cold reading. You know, if you make a thousand predictions and they're all really vague, you're going to hit a couple of them. That's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, it's true. It's uh, yeah, it's, uh, Nostradamus got his uh, his start. Yeah. So uh, I saw you posted something about or retweeted something about about Santa and that being a big thing <laughs> in the, in the Q world now. What's what's up with that? I have no idea what's going on with that. I just started seeing, um, you know, the Q world will sometimes sort of uh, split off and argue with them with each other, uh-huh. and you had some crazy person put up this list of all these big Q accounts, none of whom could be trusted. They're all fake. Mm. And she had a little Santa Claus in her avatar. And I thought that's really weird and specific. So I started finding these other people with Santa Claus avatars and somebody who is a Q believer, but thinks all of these other Q accounts are fake, who calls themselves Santa Claus of the United States. And, <laughs> and they, and, and you saw, I saw people saying, trust Q, trust Santa. I don't know what it is about. Wow. There, there's stuff even in, in QAnon land and in conspiracy land where I, I just, I don't know what is going on with these people. I don't know what they're thinking, what 
what drugs they need to be on or what drugs they need to be on more of or, or who in their family needs to intervene because there's stuff that I'm just like, that's too bizarre even for me. I don't get this. Yeah, Santa. I mean, I guess you could say like it's a man bearing gift. And right. It's going to be what Q is or what Trump yeah. is or something like that. Yeah, the, the gifts are the uh, mass execution of your enemies, which is. <laughs> yes, the. Yeah, way of looking at a Christian holiday. It's pretty interesting. I, uh, yeah, it reminds me of like uh, Pepe the Frog, though, in a way. Yeah. Like the, the symbol that's they adopt a symbol and then they they all using this to refer to something, even yeah. though it doesn't mean anything in itself. It's yeah, they all like love a, their symbols and their codes and their their hidden messages and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Numerology, and that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the Pepe the Frog stuff, I think, was uh, just people trolling. Uh, totally. Yeah. They had this this keck, keck yeah. stam. Yeah, it's it's like it's all it's all jargon. And it's all meant to confuse people who don't know what it means, mm-hmm. and kind of you know rile up the people who do know what it means. Because if you're if you're an outsider, you don't have a clue what it is. Yeah, and, and that's one of the ways that a lot of a lot of religions and a lot of cults work. They make up their own terminology. They make up their own ranks and their own rules and their own structures and if you know what it means then it, it speaks to you and if you don't it's just baffling yeah and when you were saying that it reminded me of another thing which is the storm area 51 uh thing yeah. that's going on um, yeah that's um that's another really fascinating mass psychology experiment yeah it's uh and that kind of it has that kind of in-speak as well. It's kind of like yeah. got these nerd culture references, but it's also got references to, uh, I think, like incel uh, type stuff, like with the Kyle thing. Is that an incel thing? Uh, the incel or is that, stuff, I a don't Chad, know. not a Kyle. I'm I, confused. Yeah, Chad, yeah. Chad. Yeah, that's yeah. The, um, the, the sort of ubermensch that yes, all these... Yeah, the, the enemy I mean, of the incels. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so... It's just so bizarre and, and tangled up in, in itself. And, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. But obviously there's a lot of people just doing it by having, they're having fun. Uh, oh, the yeah. Area 51 is a lot more fun. But yeah. some people are going to take it seriously. Oh, sure. Yeah, some, some people are going to show up. And I think the guy who started it said right at the beginning, this is a joke, don't do this. Yeah. And yeah. then a bunch of people said they were going to show up. And I think he's trying to turn it into a concert or something. Yeah. And the, the thing is, with something like Area 51, it, it's not really that mysterious anymore uh, because so much of it's been declassified. And, you know, you, you've had uh, employees at, at the at the test site who've been free to talk to tell their stories. And there have been a lot of documents have been released. And, and we kind of basically know what has happened. We don't really know what's happening there now. Yeah. It's still classified. But we know what all, you know, the, the, the cigar-shaped UFO we know that that was the U-2 and the triangle-shaped UFOs that people see. That was a stealth fighter. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know what that stuff is now. And the, and the real stories are so much more interesting than the, than the fake stories that people make up because they can't wrap their heads around the government doing something that they're trying to keep secret. Although aliens would be a pretty interesting story if they actually oh, be had. Great <laughs> but that's, but in, in absence of that... Um, I think the real stories being told by the people who worked at Area 51 of the projects that have been worked on there are fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And things like the skunk works in, in other locations. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's great stuff. A lot of, lot of good, interesting history there. Um, so 
you know, something that happened recently was uh, uh, Comey was not prosecuted right. for uh, releasing a memo, like essentially leaked a memo to the press and uh, via a friend and the Justice Department investigated it, but they decided not to prosecute, even though they said he did wrong. Is this playing out at all in the uh, the Q community? Yeah, they're starting to. They're, um, you know, it all gets wrapped up into the mythology that there's this very, very slow-moving purge going on. And what's interesting with, with hmm. the Comey stuff is that it, it really kind of falls into the same stuff as Hillary Clinton and the email server. That what what in both cases you found that maybe protocol was broken or internal rules were broken, but they didn't break a law. There, there was no violation of federal code here. So you can sort of verbally reprimand somebody or you can release a report that says they did something they weren't supposed to do, but it wasn't a crime. And people thought that Comey was going to be dragged out in chains and they were going to be thrown in Gitmo. Now, I mean, you could really make the case that it was Comey's letter right before the election that threw the whole election to Trump. So, you know, one of the things I never understood with QAnon was why you have so much vilifying of James Comey. And James Comey is arguably one of the biggest reasons why Donald Trump is president. Mm -hmm. And it's this, this whole thing of these people always turn on their allies. Um, they always turn on the people who, who they were formerly, who were formerly good guys in the conspiracy. They always become the bad guys. So with, with Comey, you're seeing a lot of the, well, they're, they're letting him go on this because they really want to get him for the treason or they're, you know, they're, they let him go to fake out the deep state that they're going to eventually get him for the FISA abuses and the leaking to, to the cabal or, or whatever. There's always a reason why the big event gets kicked down the road a little bit. And right. this is a double mark that you see over and over in, in these prosperity scams where it's all just about to happen, but it didn't happen, but there's a reason why it didn't happen. It's all part of the war. It's all going to get explained to you later. And it's just, it's a way to just keep people on the hook because you can't really say, well, you know, this, this justice department, this new justice department under Bill Barr, which we thought was going to be the stealth bomber and was going to break everything open and was going to usher in the storm. No, it's all just, none of that's going to happen. And all of this, release the memo and FISA gate and declass it's all garbage all of it was a scam but they have to keep it going they can't say no we i guess we got lied to or i guess we've been lying to you ha ha they have to keep it going so then no matter what happens it's all part of the plan and then, and i'm sure they're going to turn on bar i think they probably will as they sort of come to grips with the fact that there's never going to be a big declassification comey's going to go these other FBI people that Trump and Q have obsessed over for years are going to—they're they're all going to go free. They didn't break any laws, and so that has to be rationalized because otherwise, you have to admit that you wasted your time. Yeah, it's like the building this increasingly complicated. Like, yeah, it's like when you when a liar gets caught in a lie and then has to layer another lie upon it. You just get right. this kind of ever increasing uh, structure built out of lies. I mean, it's not really yeah. lies in there. They're, uh, you know, from them, these, uh, you know, bakers or whatever they call themselves. Right. They, they're just building a belief structure that is increasingly yeah. more and more complicated and has more yeah. and more things to explain everything. Yeah. It's like Occam's yeah. razor gone, uh, gone, gone mad backwards. It's like yeah. instead it's of like, pruning God it down, they're just adding. Yeah. God is testing us. God will test us with 
boils, and then we survived the boils, and we were starting to question a God who would do that. Oh, that God's going to test us with frogs, and then we're going to question whether, you know, why would God do that mm-hmm. with frogs? God's going to test us with blood rain. I mean, it just, it, it just, it keeps going and going and going, and at no point do the people who are pushing it ever feel like they've taken it far enough or that they can they can stop because they're all making money off it. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, prosperity scams. Yeah. What what do you mean by that? Is that a general type of thing? Oh, sure. That's a I don't know if that's a term that I came up with and I and I've just decided that somebody else did. A prosperity scam is is anything where you put in a very small amount of money or time and you are rewarded with a giant bountiful amount of money or great happenings. Mm. So the one that I the, there's a couple that I that I look at as sort of the precursors to QAnon. One is the Iraqi dinar. And this was one that was really popular maybe a couple years into the Iraq war where you started seeing um, military people, you know, armed forces people coming back with a with a bunch of Iraqi dinars and that's Iraq's currency and it, it's mm-hmm. worthless. It has no real value. Uh, Iraq printed uh, billions and billions of them, and they're, and they're still doing everything in dollars. But there was this this thought that if Iraq's economy started to improve, this currency would suddenly be worth more money. I mean, it's not it's not a totally unsound principle, but the problem is that Iraq wanted to get rid of their dinar and, and come up with a new dinar that would be that would be more valuable, and we turn in the old ones and get the new ones and. Countries have done that before. Japan did that. I think Brazil yeah. did that. But you started seeing people who thought that the dinar would go back to the value it had before the first Gulf War, when it was worth something like $3 for every one dinar. Well, yeah. the problem is that that's what Saddam Hussein decided it was worth, because he had a bunch <laughs> of wanted to leave his own country. When, the, uh, when Saddam got kicked out, the dinar, or even before that, the dinar plummeted in value. It was worthless. So you had people who were buying millions of dinars who thought that they were going to be worth millions of dollars. And, then, and you had this notion of something called a revalue that would, that would happen that would be signed by President Bush or by the International Monetary Fund or by the UN. And it would be this document that suddenly all these billions of dinars would be worth billions of dollars. And if you owned millions of dinars, you would suddenly, you would instantly be a millionaire. It's so ridiculous. It, it is the most ridiculous thing. It is it is a total um, flip it's, of how currency actually works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not realizing that if you had, if suddenly all these people became millionaires, there would be massive inflation. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you would see the dollar plummet in value. Like, why would President Bush sign a document that crashed the currency of his own country? I mean, it just, it just doesn't make a lick yeah. of sense. It would be like but, giving away a trillion dollars, really. Right, yeah. But no people were falling for it. And they're still falling for it. You had this, this ecosystem of um, these currency companies that could sell dinars in the United States, but they couldn't be sold as an investment. They were sold as a collectible. Hmm. And then you had this parallel ecosystem of these dinar gurus who were pumping out this endless flow of information about you know, Iraq signed document whatever that was going to release more oil and minerals, and the, the the vice minister of trade in Idlib just signed this release. I mean, it was just this unbelievably complicated mythology, all setting up this massive revalue. And there were there was all of these 
these documents written and books written about what you do when when you demars revalue, you'll get a you'll get a special phone call on a secret eight hundred number, and really? you'll know to go to the secret bank, but you gotta you have to go into the secret entrance. And you bring your dinars with you, and you have to give them to this person, but not that person. I mean, it's just people got so caught up with it. People were getting wiped out by it because you had these yeah. these rumors who were uh, coming back, whose kids were coming back from Iraq with a couple hundred thousand dinars, and they're like, "Oh, I spent twenty bucks on it. If they go up in value, that's great. And if not, whatever." And they would go, "Oh, well, I want money." And I'll buy, I'll buy millions of them. And you've got these, these gurus telling you it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, of course, it never did, and it's never going to. And a lot of these uh, currency companies have been, uh, have been closed by the FBI or the SEC. So it's just this whole mess. Now, is, does anything remain of it now? Yes, it is, it is actually still going. There wow. are still... Um, daily chats with dinar gurus. There are still newsletters going out. There's still pe- it's gotten tied into QAnon. There are a bunch of Q people were buying up dinars. There's actually I read a, a, a Bloomberg story just this week that there's this these um, bearer bonds from the government before, or for I guess like the 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 government in China before the Communist Revolution. All right. Yeah, you know the Shanghai Shek government. And that, that government had these, these sold these bonds that I guess, I guess if you took the value of them now, they're worth trillions of dollars. <laughs> but the, the Chinese government has said, yeah, we're never paying these off. You know, yeah. we have, there's no obligation. You're never going to see a dime. And some of these people have been trying to lobby the Trump administration to get China to recognize these bonds. And these these bought you know these are bonds that were bought a hundred years ago for you know really? pennies. Yeah. And and they think well the Chinese going to recognize these bonds and then we're going to be able to turn them in and we're going to be billionaires. I mean it's and of course there's the one of the lead people behind it is a mega church pastor. Oh. So have you have this this um, convergence of great godly wealth being delivered to the people who just held on long enough and believed the right things and and a lot of these scams go back to that. Um, yeah, one that predated the Iraqi dinar called Nasara which was really popular in the late 90s and then early in the 2000s, where you um, you could spend just a couple of hundred dollars to get these prosperity packets that would eventually be released to the people and make, it, make us all billionaires. And 9-11 was carried out by the dark forces to stop the prosperity packets from really? destroy the documents. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like, come on. You know, you can either yeah. get a job or start a business or invest in something and build your wealth, but you can't have trillions of dollars rain down from the sky. It's not going to happen. Yeah, when you when you started talking about this, it, I thought, oh well, that's, this will be a good example to show to people to show something that didn't work. Uh, right. like you could show them this dinar scam and it, it never panned out. But like what right. you're saying is that it's still going. It never really ended. Yep. So you can't there's, say there's that no it didn't work. That- yeah, the, there's always the, a new version. There's always a new thing. Well, yeah. that didn't work. The bad guys got to it, but now we've got this new thing. And um, if you go back before that, there, there's more. I mean, it's, there's always somebody willing to create a mythology to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Q is going to, I don't know, it's going to do the same type of thing, I guess. It's going to remain in some form for, for a long time to come. 
Yeah, I think I think that's where it's going is the idea of the Q posts as a scripture and that hmm. somebody is going to take the kind of the, the more horrible elements of it, the sort of the child sacrifice and all the numerology and all the really baffling stuff and get rid of that and just keep the core of uh, a sort of an insider who's putting nuggets of information out for people to connect. That's going to continue. That's going to get turned into something. I just yeah. don't know what. Well, it's such a, a lucrative business. Well, not like a lucrative business, but it's got so many fans. You, you, oh, yeah. People can't it's, help it's but uh, get sucked it's into it. It's popular. People have made a lot of money off. Yeah. I, uh, near where I live, there's a, there's a house on a, on a fairly busy road. And outside of the house for a few years, they had a sign that said, uh, look up research chemtrails. And yeah. uh, about six months ago, they changed it to a big queue. Of course they did. With uh, where we go when we go all written underneath it. It's it's like they, I don't know, it's they kind of got bored with chemtrails and the Q yes. is the, the new hotness and they... Yeah, uh, yeah Q is the, the, the hot new rookie on the scene. And then yeah. it'll be something else. And, I, and I'm sure a lot of the Q mythology will get moved over to that. It'll have some new stuff. It'll be some new people involved. And, you know, it'll, it'll emerge out of something and it'll just, it's like it'll start all over. Oh, we'll see. Well, let's uh, switch gears slightly. Uh, you mentioned Bar earlier. Yeah. Uh, hey, I saw an interesting little little conspiracy tidbit uh, earlier, which was that Bar's father was a, I think, a teacher or something, some guy at a school who hired Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein? Is it Epstein or Epstein? I think it's Epstein, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein to uh, to teach math. To uh, to yeah. students at at yeah. these schools, so there's this, these these connections, which I'm sure people make a lot of. Uh, how does how does Epstein fit in to Q? What are people saying in the Q world about Epstein? Yeah, Epstein was a big part of the Q mythology. He got mentioned a lot. Um, yeah, you, you saw a lot of mentions of the island and the, the weird building with the golden dome. Yeah. And, Secret, you know, supposedly secret tunnels and uh, you know, giant videotaping system, and and a lot of it was um, just sort of generic stuff, and then some of it was this really hardcore satanic stuff. But it was interesting because Q really didn't say anything about Epstein that wasn't already in the media. You know, we, we you know, no nobody should have been surprised that Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. I mean, yeah. the, the guy was a convicted sex offender. This is not, this is not like, um, you know, Tom Hanks having a backyard full of bodies and everybody being shocked. Th- this guy, everybody knew what this guy was. We didn't know the details, but everybody knew this guy was a murderer and that he'd gotten a slap on the wrist for some pretty terrible stuff and that he'd gotten away with it because powerful people had protected him. So the idea that you revealed the truth about Jeffrey Epstein. No, the, the truth was already there. Everybody knew it. And, yeah. you know, when... It's funny, with the when uh, he committed suicide, it was on a, it was a Saturday, it was Saturday morning that the news broke. And I, I try to mostly stay off social media on the weekends, just I try to spend it with my family and doing uh, anything else. And I, yeah. I woke up and my, my kids were already up and I thought, okay, you know, it's going to be a nice, calm weekend with the kids and get some stuff done. <laughs> You know, I'm going to try to stay off Twitter. And then I got a push notification on my phone. I looked at it I'm like, Jeffrey Epstein found dead in, in selling. Like, oh, really? 
thanks for ruining my weekend, jerk. Because um, it immediately, the conspiracy theories just went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you saw, I mean, you know, Michael Moore and Ann Coulter were both kind of saying the same thing. Um, Claire McCaskill was like, oh, this, this looks suspicious to me. And the thing is, is that people really were right to be suspicious about it. I mean, it's, it's the idea of a, one of the most high-level prisoners in the country who should be on suicide watch and in solitary, you know, with the cameras and staff on 24-7, finding some way to take his own life. That is, that is bizarre. That should not happen. There's got to be a bigger story behind that. So people are totally right to be, to look at and think, that's fishy, that's weird, you know, nice coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, that, there's, nothing, there's nothing out of the ordinary about that. Now, of course, the people who immediately started blaming the Clintons and then other people started immediately blaming Donald Trump. And um, Hugh wasn't saying anything about it because by that point, I think A-Chan was still around. Yeah, because somebody put, leaked some information about it. Oh, I guess that was unfortunate. Somebody leaked some information the about photos, it. Photos, I think. Uh, yeah, the photos got leaked, and then somebody was like, "I'm an EMT, and we we were yeah. called to Manhattan Correctional Center, and that was about a half hour." Broke. Uh, but then there's so much garbage on 4chan that you can never tell when somebody's telling the truth. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't you can't look at 4chan as some sort of like oracle of, of what's <laughs> the vast majority. Far from it. Yeah, exactly. Far from it. So then people were immediately blaming it on the Clintons and, and Donald Trump and saying that, you know, somebody got to him and we paid somebody off. Or, but then you had the other side of how did, you know, Donald Trump's Justice Department let this happen? You know, if they had this key witness against the Clintons, they would have done everything to protect him. And that didn't make a lot of sense to the Q people. Like, how does, if, if Jeffrey Epstein's going to be the guy who brings it all down and Donald Trump's going to be the guy who brings it all down, how did Donald Trump let Jeffrey Epstein die? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That makes Trump less than perfect and Trump can't be less than perfect. So then you started having the body double conspiracy. The, uh, the ears on the corpse don't look like Epstein's ears and he's got this mark here that's not there. And, and the the Q people started coming up with this totally bonkers alternative mythology that the Epstein who was in the leaked photo was fake or a body double or a clone. And that the real Epstein was put in hiding to make sure that he can testify against Clinton. And it starts to, it, you know, you have to invent this because otherwise uh-huh. Donald Trump and his, you know, stealth bomber of an attorney general look like incompetent idiots. And we can't, you can't have that. You can't have the cult leader look bad. So you've got to make up something that makes the cult leader look like a genius. Yeah. So that they're essentially saying that Trump was, uh, it was protecting uh, Epstein from the Clintons because yeah. he knew that the Clintons would try to kill him. Yeah. So he had him pretend killed or right. pretend suicided right. and then spirited him away probably to a different private island where he can uh, right. wait and right. testify. Wait with, JF- with JFK Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've got that, of course, like you, you know, say. Once you've the... already done that, you know, once you've had JFK Jr. in hiding for 20 years, what's smuggling yeah. a dude out of prison? And you had some 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 post on that 4chan post about the you know, that, that did actually appear to leak some information added onto that that they they were they saw a van and a, and a guy get smuggled out and that got grafted onto the the original post and people thought they were from the same person and 
Like, like mm-hmm. oh, one person unfortunately is telling the truth, but one person is lying. I mean, it's it, it's just it's it's so hard to untangle if you're not versed in that world. And so everybody started just going with the conspiracy theory because it it made in a way it made more sense yeah. than just like nope the the prison was understaffed and somebody screwed up and they took him off suicide watch accidentally or they or or whatever and he found some way to take his own life and of course that's what I I always figured right from right as soon as I heard I heard it I thought here's a guy who is very wealthy very powerful who has lost all of his power all of his status he's a pedophile meaning he's the lowest rung on the ladder in prison and everyone's gone for him he knew, he knows he's going to be convicted he knows this is the rest of his life mm-hmm. and he saw a way to end it and probably also to deny his victims justice and so he gets a final screw you to his victims and he gets to forestall decades of of misery and, and take his own life i mean that to me makes perfect sense and doesn't require a conspiracy. Now there was a lot of people who screwed up. He shouldn't have been taken off suicide watch. The, the cameras around the cell should have been working. It, it appears that they weren't. But that doesn't, you know, this is an old prison that doesn't have a lot of money and is totally overstretched. So, you know, blame blame the failings of the Justice Department. Blame the failings of the prison. But ultimately, you really don't have to make up a story. It, it sounds fishy. It sounds too weird to have mm-hmm. actually happened. But a lot of times, things that are too weird to have actually happened are the thing that happened. Yeah, like uh, like on 9-11. Uh, totally. <laughs> that's why yeah. people go with the conspiracy theories. It looks so yeah. incredible and amazing. Right. They have to think of an incredible and amazing uh, right. uh, explanation. Yeah, with yeah. Epstein's uh, death, like, you know, there was... I suppose like the simplest conspiracy would just be simply that they took him off suicide watch. Like someone asked him to, to be taken off suicide right. watch. But I think they have uh, like gui- very specific guidelines for doing that. Like if they haven't exhibited suicidal behavior for some fairly short period of time, I think it's like uh, like a week or something like that. Yeah, yeah they have to take him off. So I, mean, I guess they, they probably will do some report on that at some point. But uh uh, you can see why it looks suspicious to people because you know, sure. say uh, he tried to kill himself. Uh, he was right. on suicide watch. They took him off suicide watch, and he killed himself. And there was no cameras and everything. So right. you know, obviously, there's all the ingredients there for a, a conspiracy theory. But there's oh, also sure. all the reasons there why he would kill himself. Uh, right. So it's kind of this conspiracy light in a way, taking him off and hoping that he'll kill himself. You right. think if it yeah. was such I, a big deal, they would put yeah. more effort into it? Right, and I would imagine that. He, I mean, he had tried to take his own life and he, and he didn't succeed. And so he was probably put on suicide watch. And I would imagine he still wanted to do it. So he knew he just had to wait it out mm-hmm. and then, you know, figure out a better way to do it. I mean, that's if you want to take your own life, you're probably going to find a way to do it. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's there was just a thing with the. There was that thing with the, the hyoid bone, the little bone that you have. It's like a, yeah. like a wishbone underneath yeah. your jaw. And uh, people are saying that's you know indicative of strangulation, but when you look at the uh, the scientific literature, there it's also indicative of uh, people hanging themselves, right? Especially with yeah. old people because it becomes brittle with age. So you know, yeah. someone hangs themselves, it's right right here underneath your yeah. chin. Yeah, uh, you, so. can, you can easily imagine. That there's no conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, but you know, people are just going to focus on that one thing. Now, another thing that comes up a lot with. Uh, uh, with Epstein is the Lolita Express, his plane yeah. 
and the idea that uh, he used it to ferry, well, obviously he did use it to ferry uh, yeah. young women, uh, girls, to his island. Uh, but the, also there's a connection there with Clinton uh, that uh, people are saying that you know Clinton was on the Lolita Express 26 times. Right. Uh, and it turns out it was only, it was, it was six different trips with multiple hops. And most of them were, I think they were like, uh, kind of like goodwill trips to Africa and things like that for the AIDS foundation. Things for his foundation and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, Clinton, obviously there's a lot of conspiracy theories swirling around him and his wife. Just a couple. Just a couple. Yes. The big (laughs) one being the, uh, the Clinton body count. Yes. Uh, what, what's your take on the Clinton body count? Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's, um, I like, I like talking about that because it's a, it's a really interesting example of how the conspiracy theory movement dips, developed in the nineties and how that, that beginning of, of what we know as the modern conspiracy theory movement has mutated into what we know now. So Clinton body count is the list, the ever expanding list of mm-hmm. people somehow connected to Bill and or Hillary Clinton who have, uh, died mysteriously, and I'm doing air quotes here, um, after having some encounter with Clinton. So they worked for them, met them somehow, knew them from business, knew them from their time in Arkansas. Um, any any connection, no, no connection is too tenuous to be added to the company. This list started in the early 90s. It was put together by a woman named Linda Thompson. And this was a uh, basically a professional anti-Clinton conspiracy theorist. She, she was sort of the proto-Alex Jones. She made these self-produced videos about, uh, about Waco and about the Clintons using the, the Waco fire to kill ATF agents who were about to testify yeah, against wow. Yeah, and so she, uh, she actually became really popular in the circle. She sold her tapes in you know, gun, sh- gun shows and conspiracy conventions and very nascent internet so she put together this list of people who died mysteriously in the orbit of the Clintons. And she wasn't saying that they killed them, but that somebody should investigate this. It's always what it is. It's not, I'm not saying that they killed them. I'm just saying we should ask more questions. Hmm. So this list started going around and it got to a, um, it was by that time a former um, House member from California named William Danemeyer. William Danemeyer was the prototypical far-right 80s congressman, super anti-LGBTQ rights, super anti-immigration, that kind of stereotypical California Republican that doesn't really exist much anymore. There's a a couple of them still, but you you had a very, very hard-right faction in California, and it basically got wiped out in the mid-90s after California passed this Proposition 187 that was going to try to strip basic rights away from, uh, from, my, from immigrants. And that got totally wiped out. Uh, the, you know, you, the last sort of big California Republican was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And mm-hmm. people liked him because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Dana Meyer wrote a letter to Congress and got it entered into the con- congressional record asking that this list be investigated. Nobody ever investigated. But you had the popularity of the list in the conspiracy theory community and the sort of official stamp of it in Congress, and it took off from there. And it started getting passed around via email, via Usenet, um, via you know, flyers, and it's just exploded into hundreds of names in the last 
25 or 30 years. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost become like an accepted thing in uh, yeah. for a lot of people. I, I saw, I think it was on Vice News, uh, Frank Luntz uh, was doing a uh, you know focus test and he had some Republicans and he had some uh, Democrats and he was asking them, why don't you trust Hillary Clinton or something like that? And one woman said, well, she's killed hundreds of people. Yeah. And no one batted an eyelid and they just kind of right. moved on and talked about right. other things. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Hillary and all her murders. Yeah. Um, it's... But the, the right wing media really ran with it. You, you had um, Rush Limbaugh going on and on, well, you know, Vince Foster worked for the Clinton. He shot himself three times in the head. Uh, that's my Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and and even good. just in the election, you, you had Donald Trump talking about Vince Foster. You had people talking about the Commerce Secretary, Ron Brown, who mm. died in a plane crash. His plane flew into a mountain. Yeah. And it, it, it became, you know, these two drug dealers in Arkansas who saw this murder. They got killed by a train, and then everybody they knew got killed. And it's, it's like it just the list just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where names are still being put on it. Um I think Hillary Clinton's father's dentist died, and you know another another Clinton another Clinton murder. Must have known something. Uh, you must have known something. Some mayor of a small town somewhere fell out of a boat and drowned, and and it came out that he'd had a crawfish dinner with Bill Clinton in 1996. Oh, got rid of him, and it's just like it, it's at. The list just gets bigger and bigger yeah. because Clintons have known a lot of people. They of worked course. in business. They worked of in course. politics. They worked in philanthropy. You know, she was first lady of, of, of Arkansas and the U.S. And she was a senator and secretary of state. And you know, there he she was a lawyer and he is yeah. foundation. I mean, it's just like the Clintons know a lot of people. And statistically speaking, some of those people are going to die. And statistically speaking, some of the people that die are not going to die naturally. They're going to die in suicides. They're going to die in mm-hmm. accidents, crimes. I mean, it's just that's if you know enough people, something bad is going to happen to a couple of them. Yeah. Just the, did it. The problem with, with the, the body count thing, if you want to try to debunk it, is that all we have is this one list of, of Clinton people who died. And what you really need to show people that it's, it's nonsense is to have lists of the same lists, but for someone else. Like an Obama yeah. body count, or a Trump there, body there count, are. or a H.W. Bush body count. Yeah, there are lists like that. There's, they're, they're not as popular as the Clinton body count, but there was a, a thing going around for a while that um, 9/11 witnesses were being silenced, and you had mm. this whole long list of people who were, you know, witnesses to one of the crashes, or, or were, you know, knew somebody who knew somebody who died, and they're all being eliminated. I remember the one that stood out to me was um, George W. Bush's brother's kid's babysitter was killed in a car accident. And she was added to the list of 9-11 witnesses who mysteriously died. And this is just like, really? You you think the babysitter was, was, was part of the plot? Um... Yeah, that's how far you're willing to take this. And, yeah. and yet uh, Obama has this huge list of people who mysteriously died. You know, the, the Hawaii health officer who authorized the release of the birth certificate. And, you know, Trump tweeted about that one. Um, yeah, she died yeah. in a plane crash as well. In a plane crash, yeah. Ditched uh, in the ocean and she drowned, I yeah. think, or had a heart yeah. attack. 
yeah, something like that. It's something to do with the plane crash in the ocean. There, that was uh, an interesting said, one. I saw a, yeah. a video of yeah, a guy was videoing it after they crashed, and people were analyzing the video, and they said they could see uh, a, scuba, a guy in scuba gear swim up to them and inject her with something right. and then swim off again. Right. Which and it was just some waves and, and yeah, nonsense. And it was it was ridiculous. All all of this is like your plan is so super secret and so evil and it's and it's gonna change the world and you, you conspire to kill three thousand people on nine eleven. You conspire to put up a fake president and Barack Obama with a fake birth certificate. But at the same time we uncovered it instantly with just five minutes of internet research. So mm-hmm. it, it all of it relies on this, these evil people being incredibly wedded to these complicated schemes, but also incredibly stupid to have not made the scheme foolproof to 10 minutes of internet research. Yeah, that uh, reminds me of you know, 9-11. Obviously, we have uh, people who think you know, it's obvious that it was a controlled demolition to them personally. Right. And yet we have millions and millions of engineers and scientists around the world who just simply haven't noticed this right. yet because they haven't right. put, and, put in the and, effort, done the research. Right. Yeah, and and um, we we have no idea where the explosives came from, who bought them, who wired them, who gave the order, who you know, all of that stuff. You know, really, the the twin towers just sat there full of explosives yeah. for thirty years. I know and that sounds. No pictured it out. I mean, People say were... it was common practice to wire buildings with explosives in case they needed sure. to be demolished in a, in a hurry, which is the most. Okay. Sure. ridiculous so thing guess, ever so so all of america's cities are just full of buildings full of explosives apparently so okay okay sure so <laughs> getting back to epstein uh yeah so there was this thing you're back with epstein's original charge with alex alex acosta who was the what yeah. was he the uh the u.s attorney he's the u.s attorney in my head. yeah yeah and he yeah. helped I don't know, helped, but he was involved in getting this plea deal with Epstein where he just served 18 months. Uh, yeah, for two. He was able to leave to go um, run his business where he was getting more girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he basically just had a place where he had to sleep at night or something like yeah. that. For, yeah. Get for, a crash uh, in, in jail. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, Acosta, became the Secretary of Labor. And uh, people obviously think there's some kind of, you know, connection there is is so connected but then you know stuff came out about epstein and then he he resigned because of it um what do you think is is that something that people have theories about acosta that you've heard you know i haven't heard so much about him um you know because part of it is that you sort of then have to pull trump into it and it's like well trump Mm. gave acosta cabinet position as a reward for, for you know letting this pedophile off with a slap on the wrist i mean i think it, it's funny how that that element of it i mean people were really outraged over acosta and it's like how how this guy just kept failing upward what it yeah. was no one bet this guy and figure out that he you know basically let this guy walk free but it the problem with Acosta for the big for the for the Trump people and for the Q people is that it, it makes Trump look bad. And you know, you can't you can't have anything that makes Trump look bad. So it all has to get kind of pull, you know, pulled back in. Well, he he wanted him where Trump wanted Acosta, where he could keep an eye on him. I mean, it's just it it it, it necessitates so much special pleading 
to work that it's almost impossible to actually debunk because it just it's so bizarre and it doesn't it, do, it just doesn't make any sense. So what about this? Person. What about this thing like the Acosta uh, supposedly said that uh, Epstein belonged to intelligence? Oh, I'd heard that. Yeah, that he was. You started seeing some of that too. That he was like an FBI informant. I mean, if if the FBI let Epstein go because he was an informant, I mean that's a major failing by the FBI. And of course, then they started trying to tie to tie Mueller into that. Well, it was Mueller's FBI, but. Your mother wouldn't have had anything to do with that. I mean, that, that would have been, and and fr- quite frankly, knowing what we know about Mueller, he probably, if he had gotten to him, he probably would have shut it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't, you know, you can you can do what you, you know, things you need to do with an informant, but you can't like let a pedophile walk free. Yeah, I think that they're saying that uh, Epstein was you know, gathering, compromising information on people, and then the intelligence community was using that uh, to, yeah. I don't know blackmail them to get intelligence i mean uh, it's just all of it is just trying to justify why why epstein walked and of course also trying to go after Mueller, you know, because yeah. Mueller Mueller kind of went from a good guy to a bad guy in the yeah. conspiracy. there's a interesting thing with acosta's replacement i don't know <laughs> i find it interesting uh acosta's replacement was called uh, uh patrick pizella and pizella if you just take out three letters of the word uh, Pizella, it turns into pizza. Oh, sure. I, I hadn't heard that. But um, yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah. that's, you know, obviously a connection to Pizzagate, there, sure. some kind of secret message by choosing a, a replacement with the last name Pizza. Uh, right. I suppose Pizzagate, you know, has been overshadowed by, by other things. But I think in a way, like Epstein's, you know, with the yeah, uh, pedophilia uh, links is kind of probably uh, brought that back. To a degree, yeah, and it's interesting because nobody in, in uh, nobody none of the big Pizzagate pushers were were talking about Epstein until he, mm. he became new. Never it was always Hillary and John Podesta and the big Washington D.C. elite. Um, yeah, no, Epstein Epstein was sort of his own conspiracy theory. Um, but it's it's interesting how we continue to see kind of the echoes of, of Pizzagate, even though that's really kind of fizzled out because it, Pizzagate was just too narrow to be able to really be sustained. It yeah. was really only about that one place. Yeah. And of course, then you get a lot of people like, all human trafficking is Pizzagate. Pizzagate means human trafficking. No, Pizzagate means this one thing. Human Comic trafficking. Right, right. Human trafficking is a, is a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about your book. Sure. Uh, your book, The World's Worst Conspiracy Theories, coming out yes. in October, October yeah. 15th. Yeah. And it's a, comp- a compilation of the most fascinating, bizarre, and compelling conspiracy theories in the world today. Uh, it's an interesting title, The World's Worst Conspiracy Theories. My, my wife asked, what does that mean? Is this, is this really crappy conspiracy theories or really, really <laughs> yeah, evil conspiracy theories? <laughs> I, I think what it, what it means is the ones that have... Um, kind of affected our thinking the most the ones that have sort of um, wormed their way into our brains the most and have done the most damage to our ability to sift through information you know i i would say that some of them are a little more harmless than others but then you have one of the ones i wrote about is the is the false flags thing and that's mm-hmm. that's been in, an incredibly hurtful thing for mass shooting survivors this idea that they're all 
crisis actors and these staged conspiracy theories. I mean, that's that's been it's done a lot of real damage to victims. You you know, the some of the other ones are things like Martin Luther King Jr. assassination. That's one that's that's stuck with us for decades and and really eroded a lot of our trust in the government. Um, and you have things like you know some vaccine stuff, and you have medical conspiracies that, that really hurt people and done a lot yeah. of damage. You know, and things like uh, you know, another one I wrote about was the uh, MH370, which you know there there's never been any closure with that, and I think the conspiracy theories have only served to muddy the waters there. So. But what the book is, is it's it's 25 of these conspiracy theories. And what it is, is it's basically an introduction. If you don't really know anything about them, or maybe you've heard a little bit, what, I'm, what I do is I introduce it, kind of set it up, go through why people believe it, some of, the, some of the real discrepancies and some of the real problems that have come up, and then why ultimately the, the answer that we've always had is, is almost always the real one. And why ultimately the conspiracy theory doesn't really stand up to scrutiny? Yeah, uh, you have you have some interesting things. Just looking at the description on on Amazon, and as you said, it is available for pre order right now. So, pre order. Uh, there's a link on your account. Uh, yep. Uh, and you have the sinister experiments at CERN. What was yes. that about? Uh, so CERN is the uh, International Atomic Research uh, Organization. And they're the ones who have the Large Hadron Collider mm -hmm. uh, in the underground between Switzerland and France. And you've had all kinds of rumors that they were opening up a portal to hell and that they were doing demonic sacrifices and, you know, they were like, bringing evil beings into the world. And, you know, this is one of those ones that it, the, the belief in it is fairly harmless. I mean, no one's going to CERN to shoot the place up. But I think something like that, what it does is it really obscures... The really interesting stuff and there's a lot of really amazing science going on at CERN and unfortunately the thing that people want to talk about are the conspiracy theories. so one of the things I talk about in, in that book chapter is how they you know they've gotten closer to discovering some of these mythical big bang particles and they've done really pioneering experiments with fusion and they make really cool stuff I think that stuff that people even who don't have a science background would really get into but unfortunately, all we get is the, the, the conspiracy stuff and the demonic stuff. And that's the thing that, that people get attached to. And the really interesting stuff is, not, is just not quite as compelling. It's not as yeah. great a story. Didn't they put on like some kind of play at CERN, which had like demon, demonic figures? Yeah, there, and that got went around YouTube and the people yeah. at CERN had to explain what it was. And it's just... You know, it's it's just sort of it's just kind of wasting people's time. It's sad. It's sad that it's distracting because, yeah. like you say, the CERN is like really interesting, groundbreaking, real science, and the people who work at CERN, I'd imagine, are all just you know they're just regular people. They're the regular variety of people that you get anywhere, and that they're, they're doing they're doing uh, good work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you talk about the emergence of the new world order. This is always like a favorite one of mine. Do you do you? Is this something like a deep historical look at the the idea of the new world order, or the more or more recent? Yeah, I touch a little bit on the history, but I, what I'm really getting into in the book chapter is that specific uh, '90s version of the right, new world order, yeah. uh, the, the George H. W. Yeah. Bush speech, then sort of the links with um, some of the anti UN stuff, and then some of the anti government stuff of the early '90s, and how we've always kind of had 
a new world order boogeyman, you know, whether that's now it's mm-hmm. the deep state, um, you know, but before that it was new world order. And then before that it was like the trilateral commission and the council on foreign relations. There's always some, um, big governmental engine that's conspiring against us. And we just give it different names. Yeah. Like the United Nations and before that the communists and yeah, then yeah. The, the Masons yeah. before that. Yeah. Do you, do you talk about, uh, agenda 21 in the book? Um, I think I do. I, I, you know, I wrote most of the book at the beginning of the year, so it's yeah. sort of like fuzzy. But I've if, I've done a lot of writing about Agenda Twenty One and kind of what it what it means and why people have been. Oh yeah, there is a chapter about it. Um, you know what it means and why people are afraid of it, and then what it really means and how it got big and conspiracy theory movements, um, and how it's you know really not anything to be afraid of it's this non-binding un resolution that's not there's no legal enforcement mechanism for it you're not going to have like agenda 21 stormtroopers knocking down your door if you left your lights on but glenn beck got a hold of it and it it turned Mm -hmm. it into a money maker and so i think it's really instructive to look at how these very banal concepts get monetized by the by the big conspiracy people Oh yeah, I mean that's like with the CERN thing. You know, CERN is just yeah. basically a, a regular science experiment. Yeah. Agenda Twenty One is just you know a bunch of uh, people in the United Nations uh, trying to figure out what it would take to have sustainable development in right. the twenty first century. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How can and, we maybe drive a little bit less and, and eat a little less meat and you know yeah, do yeah. some you know some more uh, some cleaner fuel sources and then it gets turned into the government's going to take away your right to travel and plow our golf courses into you know, habitats for the homeless. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it, and, and this stuff, you know, gummed up, you know, city council meetings for years. Oh yeah. You know, people people would showing go, up, yeah. you know, who didn't want the new walking path because it was agenda 21. Yeah. It's sad. So which, which, do you, which would you say is your favorite conspiracy out of the ones in your book? Oh man. Um, I really like, I actually really like talking about the Clinton body. That, that's mm. one of my favorites because it's so, it is such a concrete origin and it has such a, a traceable path and it's 30 years old now. And it's still, you know, right there. I mean, when Epstein died, it was you know, not one of the number one hashtags on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw like this is, this is, a, it's very, instructive for how this stuff just never goes away and why it's got to be taken seriously. Yeah. So what would be your least favorite of the 25 Uh, conspiracies? Oh, um, you know, I think just the, I did, I did a chapter on sort of where the, the Trump and Russia thing was. Mm. And and I think that's really interesting. I think it's interesting to look at that as sort of the difference between conspiracy and conspiracy theory. But I think, I think everybody got a little overheated with it. And I think we all spent a little bit too much time either on the right trying to knock it down or on the left trying to pump it up. And, you know, it really should have been kind of obvious from the very beginning that Donald Trump had some shady connections with Russia. I mean, he never really hit it. And I really don't, I, I really dislike the way Trump fans have just waved it all away and i also really dislike the way people on the left have decided that it was going to be the thing that brings them down 
Yeah, yeah, because they they were never gonna. Well, they never were able to pin anything on him. No, so obviously, if, if someone's going to do something like that, they're going to be very careful about it. But like, you know, the investigation did result in a lot of uh, convictions. Okay, oh, on I mean, unrelated charges, but yeah, there's clearly a, a lot of you know law breaking yeah. that's been going on, and clearly a lot of shady connections. And I think we're still unpacking it, and it's mm-hmm. before we we really figure it all out. Yeah, yeah. Well, time will tell. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, so uh, I guess people can uh, follow you on Twitter, Mike Rothschild yeah. MD. Uh, it's just Rothschild. Oh, so it's uh, my last name and my my two initials. Oh, I'm not a doctor. Yes. Yes, uh, Rothschild MD, and there's links yes. to your book there, which is yes. the world's worst conspiracies by Mike Rothschild. Find yep. it on on. Uh, is it, it going to be on Kindle uh, ebook? You know, I don't yeah. actually know. I need to. I need to. Uh, find, I need to talk to my publisher and get some of that I stuff see. straightened out. I think so. I'd be yeah, surprised. It's, it's, it's pre-order for the hardcover right now. So yes. I'd, imagine, I'd imagine you'd have an ebook as well. I would. have. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's been very very interesting. Hey, anything? Yeah. Any last uh, thoughts before we go? I think just um, as always, you know, when you see this stuff in the media, um, think about it before you share it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't retweet it without reading it. Don't share it on Facebook without reading it. If you don't think it makes sense, it probably doesn't make sense. Um, and yeah, just just always be thinking critically. Indeed, yes, great. Well, thank you very much, Mike. <laughs>